Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Elisa, and today it is Wednesday, December the 8th, 2021. I am sitting here in my office. It's still dark outside, of course. I mean, it's 6 a.m. here in Ottawa, so yeah, it's dark until about 8. Um, And I have my coffee. I'm all cozy starting this episode, and I highly suggest you also get cozy because you're in for a wild mind blaster of an episode. (laughs) You might want to sit down for this one and take notes, lots of notes. So back today for the second time is my friend Amy Young, who in my professional opinion, is one of the few uh, mindset, life transformation coaches. I don't even know what she titles herself, but she's one of those women out there who really understands the layers and complexities of conditioning and programming that we've all faced, that we all have uh, experienced in our lives. And she not only teaches you how to cope and manage that, but also how to deprogram. Like, hello, she is my people. I love everything that we discussed today. Our conversation, it brought me life and I know that it will bring you life too. She is an expert at seeing outside the veil, like lifting the veil of patriarchal, cultural, and generational programming and helps women all over the world, and I quote, who bust their asses to achieve greatness but still feel painfully meh inside, (laughs) to remember their own brilliance, capability, and resiliency. It's so often that we forget these things. Women listening right now, let's remember together. She's also fun. She's hilarious. So relatable. Our first interview together was the most downloaded episode in history of the Elisa Unfiltered podcast. And I know this one's going to explode as well. So if you are on your spiritual journey and you crave freedom in your mind, you know there's something there that needs to change, but you don't know what's next. You get caught up in pleasing others, overextending yourself, or just seem to like always take the path of least resistance and go back into hiding and shrinking your light, fearing change, and being convinced that you are not enough, that you are unsafe, that going out on your own will not be good for you. Okay, if that's you, this episode is like, let's go here. Let's get into it. Here's my friend, Amy Young. Hello, Amy. How are you doing today? I'm really good. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm so happy that you're back on the show. This is your second time. But since you have, since last time we spoke, I mean, outside of social media and all of that jazz, a lot of really fascinating things have happened in your life. Holy Uh shit, Amy. You are one of my favorite people to follow on social media, even though you just took a massive break, which we're going to talk about. I love your emails. I love your messaging. Like, hello. Thank you. 
feels really good to hear. I appreciate it so much. And yeah, I was thinking about that this morning because I think the last, I think it was like around two years ago. It was around almost exactly that you Mm -hmm. had me. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, and talk about like what a two years for all of us, you know, like, it's been, it's been yeah. an interesting past couple of years, but I've definitely been, um, I've had a lot of personal transformation and evolution happening behind the scenes as well. So I'm excited to be back and get to speak with you. Yeah. So our first time around, I mean, I, I think I first was introduced to you. I don't even know how, you know, how connections happen these days, mm-hmm. uh, but I was super um, into your your knowledge and your awareness around setting boundaries within the context of relationships. You were like this. I, I think you had a course called like swipe like a boss or something. Yeah, <laughs> and, my and, online dating workshop. Yeah. 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 So, and then a sl- single and slaying it or something like that. Like, um, mm-hmm. the, I was single for three years and I was like kind of brought into your vortex. And, um, so, as we move on from that and moving, I don't know, moving on, is that the right thing to say? Yeah, I moved on. Yeah. I mean, I, st- I strategically planned like, okay, I don't think I'm going to be doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. So there was like a whole kind of season. And last year was a lot of like transitioning everything that I was offering in my business and also just, you know, how I serve my clients and what I had to offer as a coach, yeah. uh, moving in a whole new direction away from that. So, I mean, it still comes up. Relationships are so central yes. to our lives. I think the way that I teach and talk about it now is very different. Um, but yeah, it was a, I mean, from like a sort of like business perspective, it was a big, like new niche, so to speak, you know, that's like the, the business speak word for it. <laughs> Yeah. So, so with that, I mean, following along with that, I am just so um, enthralled with, and, and through personal experience as well, I think as women specifically go on their, well, I guess women and men uh, go on their journeys and start to grow and start to see things a little bit differently. We start to really access kind of like a spiritual side or we just, start to process life in a different way, the more understanding that we get. And I, one of the things that kind of came into my radar in my late thirties, which you've, you're, you speak about it so fabulously. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on the show to speak about it is the patriarchal narrative and what, how that influences women and their decision-making and their relationships in today's world. Yeah. So I'm not sure if there's a question in there. <laughs> but can you just... <laughs> well, I could, yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much there. There's right? so much there. Because patriarchy, well, one, I think it's always just helpful for me to clarify, like, when I'm talking about, about or teaching on patriarchy, what I mean. Because I yes. do, you know, what I really do is um, a version of patriarchal deprogramming. Yes. With the women that I work with and like really looking at the energetics of patriarchal deprogramming. Um, because when I'm talking about patriarchy, I'm, it's not just, oh, like men are in power, men are in charge. It's more about the um, dismissal and denial and demonization of the feminine Ooh, in terms yes. of feminine and masculine energetics, which aren't inherently gendered, but you know, if we look back far enough, there were civilizations and societies 
that carried matriarchal lineages and you know there were these really beautiful understandings of these two energetic forces that are inside of all of us and that exist kind of on a collective and cosmic universal level Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. I think it was like 3000 BCE was sort of like the beginning of patriarchy which is really this like squashing of feminine essence and feminine power and then all other oppressive systems sort of live underneath that so the way that I have kind of like received it and what I've learned along the way for myself is like patriarchy is like the godfather system that Mm -hmm. kind of creates all other dysfunctional or wounded structures or paradigms that we're living within. So for any woman listening or man, I guess, when it comes to deep, when you say deprogramming, Mm -hmm. that's the, that's a word that I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into. What does it mean? What do you mean by deprogramming? So, you know, there's, um, who you really are, like your true soul level essence. And then there's the version of you that has been conditioned to show up in the world in certain ways, Mm -hmm. um, to serve various purposes, you know, to serve, um, societal agendas, to serve the needs of your family or the community that you were born into, to serve various systems. And so when I talk about deprogramming, it's really like looking at all of the ways that you have been morphed and shaped to show up a certain way that is inauthentic to who you truly are. Okay. And patriarchy is so like ever present ubiquitous it's it is like you know the the oxygen in the room that we're all breathing that like we don't even see that it's there but it's Mm -hmm. so influential and insidious because if we don't challenge what we've really like how we've learned to show up within a patriarchal system and we don't kind of examine these habits and tendencies that we just think are like, oh, this is what's normal. This is how you are. This is what you do. This is who I am. This is, you know, all of these things. Um, You'll just move through the world and behave in ways that are misaligned and not really true to who you are. And then you wake up one day and realize like, wow, I've been like chasing all of these things that I thought I was supposed to want, or I've been Mm. checking all these boxes in my life based on like these goals that I thought I needed to set. Um, where I've been living for other people and thinking that like, if I could get enough approval or validation from whoever, then I would finally be happy. And I work with women who are like waking up to that painful reality, right? That like, oh, I've been living in all these ways that actually um, are built on like self-betrayal and self-abandonment and me not listening to myself and me not trusting myself and not even really fully understanding myself um, as like a soul being, you know, not just like as my, like, like I refer to it as like your main character identity. Like I look at it as like, Mm. oh, there's a version of me. That's like my egoic personality, like main character, Amy, like in the movie of my life, Mm -hmm. this is who she is. And this is what happened to her. And this is how she functions as a result. And then there's like a much deeper, wiser soul level aspect to me that is, um, different. (laughs) like how do those two sides of me like dance and play together in the world because most people 
don't know how to access that, that deeper thing Mm -hmm. inside of themselves. Mm -hmm. And, um, I work with women who want to have access. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like the word self-betrayal. Now, before I get to there, I mean, this is a hundred percent in alignment and resonating with me and listeners will know, like I, I call this type of, um, I like the word deprogramming a lot. I call it like yeah. the program, but I also call it the domestication. Like we're like domesticated yeah. animals and that totally. we have just been like trained like a dog, like yeah. very similar to how we train our pets. Um, but we just don't think we're getting trained. We think we're getting parented or we think we're getting, yeah. you know, whatever taught, however we're taught. Mm-hmm. So, but I like the word self-betrayal because it's this like funny, for me in my little world, like I I find it a funny thing just to sort of touch that word or have someone touch it because it's like, it's like such a, such a weakness to see or or it's portrayed so negatively that we self-betray yet most of the time, most women just do it without even, without even thinking about it. But it's, it's one of those things that's hard to admit or accept that that's part of our programming that we're actually betraying. So, so I don't know, I might be putting you on the spot here, but can you give me like some examples of ways that women are, are betraying their themselves? Yeah. I mean, it's like, let me count the ways. Let's count. I mean, um, let's count the ways. You know? And it's, and I wanted to speak to first, like your point about it's, it's a really tender spot for most people. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a really, because it brings up a lot of feelings of shame and mm-hmm. kind of like wrongness. Mm-hmm. Um, because there tends to be a big, like perfectionist streak for just like humans on this planet. Um, so it's like, Oh no, like if I made a mistake and went against myself or ignored my knowing or whatever it might be, then like, that's this really bad, shameful, incorrect thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're just naming it for what it is, which is like, no, we were really taught and trained to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of just what was modeled for us. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like we had parental figures or, guardians or just individuals who were helping to raise us who we saw them betray themselves right absolutely so I um see this all the time and I would see this in my you know when I was doing relationship work with people of um women getting into relationships with men or or with women um and not listening to the part of them that knew that something was off or wrong from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yes. the part of us that sees the red flag or has like an internal feeling of just like, I don't really like the way that this person just spoke to me or, oh, that actually doesn't feel good that this just happened, but then quickly kind of overrides it and, and explains it away, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but I'm probably just too sensitive or I'm sure that they didn't mean it that way or gosh, why can't you just be more trusting? You know, like you look for the worst in anybody. So there's this tendency, right, to like feel something or sense something internally and then the mind kind of, and the mind, which is a function of the masculine, which is beautiful. Like we don't want to demonize and dismiss the masculine in terms of patriarchal deprogramming. Yeah. Although it's like a big phase that people often move through is being like, wow, the masculine is terrible, but it's like, yeah. no, it's- <laughs> the masculine is necessary and helpful, 
but in a world that subjugates the feminine, like that's usually the internal relationship we have is like your intuition will get overpowered by your reasoning, rational, logical mind. So that's like a primary example. I don't think I know anybody who hasn't done that at some point. And maybe it wasn't in the context of a romantic relationship, you know, but it could be with a friend. It could be going into a job and, um, you know, like feeling like, oh, I should just like take this job, even though there's all these alarm bells and whistles going off inside that something doesn't feel right or aligned with it. Mm. Um, yeah, those are just a couple examples. I see you like nodding. No, I'm like, yes, because we have all had the feeling, that sense of, yes, this is right for me or no, this was right for me, but... And then the storyteller comes in and starts to give you all the reasons why you shouldn't listen to your gut or your instinct or whatever you want to call it. We've all kind of done that. And I think what people don't really, how they haven't really connected the dots is that in doing that, in questioning yourself, is actually a betrayal of self. Yeah. Well, and it's complicated too, because like one of the challenges of awakening intuition is we have to get really good at discerning like what is knowing like what is my knowing and what is not my knowing oh can we get into that how how can you give us like a tip or so yeah okay so like I'll use an example from my past and this is this is also like a relational example because I have like so many of those (laughs) yeah please do (laughs) but you know back in the day um I was constantly attracted to really um, just not great partners for me. Let's just put it that way and be nice. You know, because <laughs> there's all kinds of like special names I could use for the types of men that I used to be attracted to. But it was like, you know, I would meet someone and I would feel this like electric connection, you know, yeah. like something like my like stomach would flip flop and I would be like, Oh my God, who's that guy? And I would feel this like pull towards him. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you know, we'd get into the relationship where we'd start exploring it and it things it would just turn into like a total chaotic dumpster fire and I would be like what the fuck but I was like so attracted and into you and how could this be playing out like this and it's like oh that actually wasn't my intuition talking to me that wasn't like my knowing trying to speak to me that was like my traumatized nervous system right like recognizing something in this person that was familiar or attractive and I got magnetized to that right so if we don't have enough awareness around our trauma and triggers and pain points and patterns, then we will mistake that for intuitive knowing. Like you will think that the things that are calling to you, like, oh, I should go in that direction. When really it's like, oh no, that's like an addictive pattern or that's a tendency of mine that actually leads me towards terrible things. But there's a level of familiarity and comfort there. So I'll go in that direction. Which is one of the reasons why, to your point, I think a lot of, it's like you kind of, a lot of the time we have to circle the drain a series of times, Uh Uh whether it's, you know, moving through the same types of relationships, just with different people, but the same dynamics at play, or like trying to make a change in the 3D realm, like, okay, I'll go to this new job, or I'll move to this new city, or, oh, I'll just like lose 20 pounds, and everything will be perfect. Like, we have to kind of go through that enough before we really start to realize, wait, there's something else going on here because I keep attracting the same things or landing in the same places or finding myself in the same kinds of dynamics or problems. 
And that's usually the point where, you know, it actually becomes more possible to decipher for yourself, like, okay, well, what's actually the truth here? Like, is this person that I'm like white hot, like, you know, drooling over like, oh my God, I just like want to be with them. Is this person actually a good person for me to pursue connection with? Or is this like a familiar feeling that I, that I felt before and now I know what it is. And it's actually an indicator that I shouldn't move towards that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's a, it's not as simple. Like people will just say like, oh, just trust your gut or, oh, just listen to yourself. And like, that's not always good advice (laughs) because most of us have wounds and traumas and triggers and dysfunctional patterns that are playing into our unconscious choices. So you have to have enough awareness and honesty with yourself about like what your patterns and tendencies and habits are if you want to actually be able to access like, well, what's actually true for me here? And really have more choice about, you know, what you're a yes to or a no to. But I'm completely with you that like a long time ago, early, early on in all of our lives, we were born with this natural blueprint for like yes and no. Like we knew so well what felt good or what didn't feel good. And then over time and through just like well-meaning people trying to teach us what they were taught and acclimate us to this world and whatnot, we stray away from that. And we get Mm -hmm. really confused about like, well, what is my yes and what is my no and what feels good, but what's actually good for me? Because those are two different things as well. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really, really, really great things to unpack there. Uh, I want to sort of pick in a little bit to the loop that we get trapped into. Uh, and I don't know if we can, if we can, you know, keep on the self-betrayal, self-abandonment loop. I like that subject because that's the loop that I was in for, I don't know, over a decade, probably the majority of my life is this self-betrayal in order to, um, feel worthy of someone's attention. Uh, come a lot of the stuff that comes up for me to this day is uh, is um, approval. Approval is the word. <laughs> uh, however, so so when 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 people are going through this loop of learning and figuring out, paying attention in the same relationship over and over again, attracting the same garbage dumpster relationships, then. Like, what does it look like or feel like to, like, snap out of that? Like, what are some of the signs that people, because, like, I I know, like, I want, I want to hear it from your words, because I, I, I know sort of, like, how I would describe it, but. Well, so, I mean, I'll share from my to be totally honest with you, it looks like rock bottom. Okay. (laughs) Okay, okay. That was. That to me, I'm very stubborn. Like this is something I've just learned about myself. Like we um, all listen on different levels. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When I I, I say listen, it's like we listen and and, uh, it's like listening to our spidey senses, um, our sense of knowing, you know, universal powers that be, whatever you want to call it, you know, whether it's God, whether it's source, whether it's the divine, whether, you know, it doesn't matter what terminology and language you assign to it. It's like, whatever that is, 
um, we can listen on a level where it's like, ooh, the second something feels off, we're like, ooh. And I know people like this. Like, I have friends that it's like, the second something feels off, they're like, whoa, redirect. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, something's not right here. What needs to change? I tend to need a sledgehammer. Like, and that's just (laughs) me. Like, it's just, I tend to need like a wrecking ball, you know, like Miley Cyrus through the wall kind of experience (laughs) before I really wake up and realize something's really off here. Now I will say a lot of that has changed for me even just in the past couple of years, you know, in that like I'm listening on a much different level than I was before and I have more access than I've ever had before. So Mm -hmm. I actually know how to listen to myself and Mm -hmm. I know how to connect with um, my soul level intelligence, let's call it. So like, Mm. it's a lot easier for me. But just because that's my experience doesn't mean that necessarily has to be everybody's experience. You don't (laughs) have to hit rock bottom before you like realize that's just, I see a lot of that. And I want to normalize that for people because it can be another like shame pain point of like, oh my God, how did I let it get this bad? And it's like, well, like the human part of us is extremely attached to whatever is the same, like whatever is familiar, whatever feels quote unquote comfortable. Mm. It takes a lot to like, I use the metaphor all the time of like really changing ourselves and changing our lives. is like turning around a cruise ship. Like it's like, it's a slow incremental course correction. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've also just seen from other people is like, they're, I, I usually tell my clients when they come to me and they're like, I'm so sick of this. I'm so tired of this. Like, I can't deal with this. I'm like, Ooh, yes. Good. This is a good spot to be in. Great spot. You need to be really sick and tired. Yes. Before, for the most part, you're ready and willing to like wake up and make the change. Yes. I love that. And see, um, something that just stood out for me is listening at our own level and listening with sort of like a lens I mean, even people that are listening to this podcast right now and all of this juicy shit that we're talking about, they're listening to it or the you, you listeners are listening to this with a lens. So the deeper you can go or the more you can pay attention and have awareness of your own thoughts, this exact podcast, you know, listen to it 12 months from now will likely sound different. You will take something else from it because you're listening with a lens in which you believe you, you hear, (laughs) I don't know. I'm not saying that, that right, but there's like, you're interpreting what we're saying to the, the ceiling or the limit of what you think, you know. Yeah. Always. Always. Like everything. And I, and I, and that's happened to me before where like, I've, yeah like to your point read books before where I was like this doesn't make any sense to me and it's because and I talked about this a lot but I'm like we have to get really specific and this actually ties into with social media so beautifully about (laughs) like knowing well what's the right teaching for the right time you know what's the right tool for the right time versus just like you know thinking that we should be able to just see anything or hear anything and oh it's just gonna land and oh it's just gonna make sense and oh it should just be right for me or why can't I get this or whatever and it's like well Mm -hmm. it might not be the right thing for right now and that's completely fine 
Yes. And sometimes like to your point about like seeing the habit or seeing the loop or seeing um, what you're repeating, like in relationships and stuff, rock bottom is definitely a place I've lived for many, in many situations, not just in relationships, but with weight and with career and with like just overall blowing up my life. Yes. Blowing up your life looks it is an easy, I don't know if it's an easier gateway. It's a more direct gateway, but other times it's like, do you ever, what's your thoughts around like the little pokes and the whispers and the, mm-hmm. and the, those like aha moments where you're like, oh my God, that's me. I'm doing that. Oh, I'm just going to fall back to sleep now and go back into a shitty relationship. You know, like mm-hmm. you see it and then you don't. Yeah. Well, I think there's a level of two things. One, personal responsibility. So like, Ooh, I like how willing are you to accept that no one's going to change your life except for you? Mm-hmm. Like no one's going to rescue you from the thing that you hate that you're doing. No one's going to come and like make you start doing X, Y, Z better. Like, Oh, that's good. I make, I make such a big deal with my clients of Like you have to be really self-responsible if you're going to work with me because (laughs) I'm not going to let you get away with anything. Mm -hmm. And I'll have a ton of like love and compassion for where you are, but I'm also going to keep pointing you towards what you know and what's true. Mm -hmm. Right. So like you can take as long as you take in terms of like really waking up and making the change, but let's stop lying to ourselves about like, la la la, I'm just going to pretend I don't see that. I would rather have a client or I would rather, you know, have a friend or someone who's like, wow, I'm in this really toxic relationship and I don't know what it is. I just cannot get out of it right now. You know what I mean? Like I see mm-hmm. the problems. I see how damaging it is. I know it's not going to change, but there's something here that's got me stuck like glue. And then we can get curious about that. Mm. But as long as we're doing something like we're just like, oh no, like this isn't toxic and this isn't bad. We're just twin flames or something like that, you know? <laughs> and like, no, there's just lots of opportunities for growth here. And like, we just need to keep it, you know, it's like, you can't lie to yourself about it anymore. I think that's a good like step one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the other part of it too is like empowering yourself to believe that you actually can make new choices. Like this is one of the biggest things. I, it's such a lie and a myth that we just walk around in feeling like, well, this is who I am and this is how I live. Yeah, yeah. This is what my day looks like. Yeah. And this is who I've always been. And it's for all of these reasons. That's all this like main character conditioning. Yes. Like this is my story and this is who I think I am as a result. Yes. Versus the reality being like you get to make new choices every day. Every day. If you want to. Mm-hmm. If you're willing, if you want to, if you can see the choice that's on the table, you can choose something different. And there's a huge denial of that. We don't want to believe that we're at choice. Why? Why do we deny hard. that? Why do we deny that? Is it too uh, hard? Like, even to even at the I, level where, like, you wake up and, and, like, I've seen the stat that, like, the human brain makes... 11,000 choices a day. And the first time I ever read that, I had no capacity to believe it. I was like, whatever. But then I was like, oh yeah, I am choosing to walk to the bathroom first. I am choosing to brush my teeth in this pattern in this way. I am choosing to put this much toothpaste on my brush. I am choosing to take this many sips of the water that I'm chugging. Like we actually are making choices, you know? Well, yes. And at a certain point, things do become automatic. 
Right. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I was always fascinated by this when I would work with a personal trainer and she would be able to see and point things out to me. Like, she's like, you see how your body is like trying to deposit your weight here. And actually like, I want you to really like feel your glutes, you know, it's like, it's sort of like, like your body will choose the path of least resistance for whatever is going to be most comfortable or easier. And we're all like that every day in our lives where it's like the automatic path that we've been walking, like whatever is sort of clearly defined as like, this is how I do things, you know, like, yeah, this is my morning routine or whatever it is. Um, we'll have a lot of gravitational pull on each of us, you know, like absolutely this yes. is that like turning the cruise ship, like making new choices is having to bring a lot of consciousness to an area of your life and also having to be willing to like really slow down and look at like, Oh, well, okay. What's going on here? Like, why do I automatically do this thing? That doesn't feel like a choice, but to your point, it actually is. It's just, I've been doing it so long that I don't question it. Mm -hmm. Like it takes a lot more awareness and curiosity to like sit with ourselves and be like, huh, okay, I could choose this right now, but there's actually a myriad of other choices on the table. So like, what if I chose something else? But it's, again, it's like, it goes, I mean, this is such a theme of like, why don't we do anything that's good for us? And it's like, you know, quote unquote, good for us. What it really, I mean, is like for our highest good. I don't mean like good, bad. Right. Like, oh, I'm a bad person if I like scroll on Instagram for three hours tonight or something like that. But just, it's like, we don't want to have to take full ownership over how much power we actually have it would be a lot easier again to like an unconscious slothy part of us who I have nothing but love for, but we all have like the <laughs> unconscious sloth who just like <laughs> wants to just, I don't know, like, Oh, I hear you. Some, like, <laughs> I love that. And make toxic choices. Unconscious sloth. <laughs> it's such it's, a good word. It just exists. <laughs> like it's just there. Um, but no, like you're a massively powerful being mm-hmm. and like your life is a constant co-creation that's happening in real fucking time. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a lot of power to sit with mm-hmm. and that overwhelms all of us because we don't believe that we're powerful or we're taught that we're not powerful or we feel like we don't have choices. Um, So it's really, I think it's actually hard for us to come to terms with that because then that means, oh, I have to look at all these other places where I'm just acting out of unconscious patterning or programming and where else am I betraying myself? Where else am I not living in alignment with my highest good or what I know to actually be true and best for me? Um, And these are like painful things to have to sit with, you know, like there's a lot of grief in growth. And I don't think people talk about that enough. Like growth is supposed to be this like fun joy ride, you know, and the journey to authenticity and being yourself in the world is like, yeah, you know, like do, and it's like, no, you're going to cry a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to cry a lot. You're going to have a lot of like ugly, uncomfortable moments. You're going to be afraid a lot. Like, yeah, cool. This is Mm -hmm. what you signed up for. Mm -hmm. Some part of you. I mean, that's my belief. Absolutely. And oftentimes like, as you're like, yeah, because we everyone when they think about growth sees like the penthouse. They see like I know. this like thing. 
<laughs> and yeah, it's, and it's like a yacht and like <laughs> vacations in Bali and like you know yeah all that stuff and it's like no sometimes like the the biggest you know growth spurt that we can have in terms of our personal evolution is like a down in the dirt ugly sad moment of like yes you know having to have a really hard conversation with someone right or having to let a relationship go or having to look at yourself in the mirror and be like who the hell are you like what are you what are we doing right now why are we living this way like that stuff isn't shiny and fun that's why it's not marketed (laughs) that's why it's like (laughs) nobody's like selling that version of life on Instagram because it's like extremely uncomfortable Uh, totally and then and then you find yourself in that position and you're like what the fuck do I do now like, and that's where people like you come in where you, like, you're, <laughs> you're like, hi, I'm like, I've walked a mile in your shoes and now I'm going to teach you how to, how, what's next. And it's like yeah. this beautiful thing because like, it's really funny. Some of the conversations I've had with clients of my own and, you know, on social media and off in my personal life is like, is also the assumption that the assumptions that we make when we think about change. So um, one of the ones that's kind of getting in, that has been coming up in my life in various directions is the assumption that you will lose everything that you've ever built if you were to change something or even to set one boundary with someone, you're going to lose your whole life. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a function of ego to keep us in survival and safety patterns. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So like, love it. Your ego is always going to be trying to, convince you to stick with whatever's worked up until this point you know so if that is drinking two bottles of wine every night and that's what you your ego is like no this is what keeps us safe this is what keeps us from feeling bad things this is what keeps us from having to look at our lives this is what keeps us from you know like helps us numb against disconnection or whatever we might be feeling right that keeps us in any type of addictive pattern um The second that we start to go, I'm not sure I want to do this anymore. I'm not sure that this is working for me. I'm not really sure that this feels good. The ego will start to get really loud and start to tell you all kinds of scary things to convince you, no, 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 no. We're just going to maintain the status quo and keep doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I see this when I'm working with women and we're starting to, I call it like, you're like assigning like new leadership inside right which is like your intuition which is a much better guide than your ego ever will be for for you Mm -hmm. um or just like your rational thinking mind can ever be for you because the rational mind is actually very good at a few things like it's good at like problem solving it's good at strategizing mm -hmm. it's good at like oh do we have milk in the fridge like (laughs) okay being like you know should I leave my marriage your rational, logical mind will like make pros and con lists and, yes. you know, try and problem solve, but that's not, you're, that's not a problem to be solved. That's like a deep soul question. <laughs> yes. Right? So it's Absolutely. like, so like we're, 
we're like locked out of the mothership, you know? So I see this all the time with the women I work with, where the more your intuition starts to come online, the more comfortable you get listening to soul guidance, the more attuned you are to your internal knowing, the wackier and weirder and more, a lot of the times, like a really a lot meaner, your ego starts to get Mm. because it's like, oh fuck, there's like a new boss on the board, right? There's Mm -hmm. like, there's like a new sheriff in town. Mm -hmm. And I want you to listen to that because if you listen to that, then everything that we know, everything that's familiar to us, everything that's kept us alive up until this point might start to change. And that is a huge threat, Mm -hmm. right? So it's really like, you know, being willing to assess for ourselves. Do I want to stay in patterns of survival, patterns of safety seeking, you know, perceived safety, by the way, which is like, yes, a whole other thing. Like, (laughs) but you know, um, or do I want to open myself up to new possibilities? And I, this is another assignment that I give to clients all the time. And I've had coaches ask this of me before. Cause like I said, I can be really stubborn when it comes to making change and being willing to look at like, okay, so if I know I want to make a change, but there's a part of me that's saying like, this could, this is going to be really bad. We're going to lose everything. You're going to end up homeless. You're going to have no family. Like everybody's going to hate you, you know, whatever that internal dialogue is start, you know, challenge your awareness to look in the other direction and consider, okay, maybe that's all true. Also, are there other benefits and possibilities that are on the other side of me making this change, or at least just moving in this direction? Like, what do I have to gain? What could actually be great for me and everybody involved? What are the things that I could have to look forward to if I start to make this change? Mm-hmm. And let's, like, let's flesh out that picture and let's look at what that version of our lives looks like, because mm-hmm. it's not an accident that you have some sense of like something's off or something's wrong, or I want to change this. So we want to, you know, give some credence and curiosity to that instinct and go, well, yeah, because what might be on the other side of that? But mm-hmm. if we only believe our stressed out, anxious, egoic mind, like if that's the only channel on the TV that we're watching, like we're not going to feel like we can change anything because we really will just buy into those stories and think that it's the truth. Oh my God, and- that is so good. The only TV uh, channel we're watching. Yeah. yeah. That is so good. I actually today had a a woman that I work with who is on a journey of spiritual journey. She's learning about herself. She's incredible and she's losing weight and things are getting hard. You know, things get hard. Sometimes the road has some bumps and now the voice right now to get her back in to get to get her back into a sleep mode just back into the way things were her comfort zone is now telling her if you lose more weight you're gonna start to get wrinkly you're gonna your face is gonna get too thin and you're gonna look old so yeah but you should stop losing weight now (laughs) it's so funny yes it's like so it's so amazing and also like just the idea that like Oh, and that's like a really bad thing. And that's you know ex- what I mean? absolutely. And like, oh, and that's really, really bad. Yes. You know, it's like, 
the ego will use whatever ammo it has. It will like, you know, that part of us like knows what our deepest fears are, knows what our deepest insecurities are and says like, Hey, I'm going to use this stuff to my advantage to make you feel scared and helpless, Mm -hmm. you know, so that you will, but it's like, but again, it's like, I don't want to, there's no part of us that isn't trying to love us and keep us safe. So like those inner voices are just doing what they know how to do Mm. to try and keep you safe, Mm -hmm. which like we actually want to have some gratitude for, even if it's like painful and horrible, you know, we don't want it to become this thing where then we're like having a little internal argument with ourselves all day long, Mm -hmm. but we want to be able to just like see it when it's happening and be like, Oh my gosh, like listen to this story. Yeah, where that, did that like, come my from? My mind is telling me right now, like, <laughs> listen to this, like, weird, spooky, like, narrative. Like, that is so funny. Like, that is yep. so, like, absurd that, you know, there's something in me that, like, comes up with this cautionary tale of, like, this is what could happen. This is what it could, you know, because it's like, it really is. Um, if we, again, it's like, if we think it's real, then it's really scary. If you see it for what it is, you can get a kick out of it. Do you ever ask the question, like, what version of me is is telling this story? Like, is this the little kid in me? Is this the, like, what version of the past thought that this was the narrative I'm supposed to have loyalty to? Like, why is it coming up? And, and how is that? And, and do you ever ask yourself, like, I kind of want to assume that you would, but how this is how this is related to that patriarchal deprogramming like am i am i in the program or is this me like yeah well and i think that's one of the things that's really helpful about having like a framework to follow you know in terms of like understanding well, like, what are the symptoms of patriarchy? Like, how does this manifest for each of us? Or how does this manifest in the collective? Collective, Because then when you see it, you can be like, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. And yeah. then it's easier to be like, oh, that's not me. That's something that I learned. Like, that's not me. That's something that was modeled for me. That's not me. That was something that was told to me. Mm-hmm. Like, a, you, you know, a, a really classic example for a lot of people is we... Uh, I work with women all the time on, on breaking up with like destination-based living or results-based living. So not making decisions from a place of, well, where is this going to get me in 10 years? Or how can I guarantee that this ultimately plays out in the exact way I want it to? Like, we don't want to live in this state of outcome dependency, which is how most people are living. Like most people are designing their lives from a place of like, how can I make a choice today that sets me up to be safe and prosperous in 25 years? Yes. And it's like, what an insane thing to try and hold yourself to. Like, not fucking possible. I don't want to burst anyone's bubble, but like, <laughs> is not possible. You can't do that. Nobody can do that. Yeah, right. And that is a byproduct of patriarchal conditioning because the masculine is the result. It's the end game. It's the destination. Mm-hmm. Feminine is the process. Like the mm-hmm. feminine is like the how are we getting there? It's the journey. Mm. And we have a real obsession with like the end result. Like we're so obsessed with goals. We're so obsessed with like, where am I going? And how is it going to be when I get there versus like, wait, what's happening right now? 
Like, mm-hmm. how can I actually like be in process with this and trust the process and feel my way through this like present experience that I'm having? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's a really, you know, that's one example of kind of one of the hallmark habits I see with people when they're kind of rerouting themselves towards the feminine. That's amazing. Okay. I want, I, I had a, a, a next question, but I kind of want to like er, stop because like goals are such a funny thing. And like, as a former world cup athlete who literally lived and oh breathed by goal setting, like, yeah. Okay. Um, I have like a love hate relationship to it, but goals can be the gateway to like open to like open your mind a little bit and stay in the moment because it doesn't matter what goal you set. It matters. Like the process is the journey. It doesn't matter what the end result looks like because with the penthouse, even like if you want the penthouse, you might find yourself on like floor 10 and really like it there. (laughs) And, or like discover like a bunch of shit. Like it's the process. That's really the pudding. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And that's why it's like, you know, I don't, um, I personally don't, I'm not a big goal person anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I just don't, find it to really serve me very well. Right. But I think when it comes down to it, like if someone is like, no, I really love goals or like goals really help me. My whole thing with goals is just not number one, where is it coming from? Like, Mm -hmm. is it coming from a place of egoic gain or egoic attainment of, I think that I should want that because if I have that, I will feel X. Anything that you're approaching from like a, if then mentality, you want to just question a little bit. Like I would just question it because I have achieved tons of audacious goals and like climbed the mountain and then got to the top of the mountain and been like, I'm miserable up here. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. Right. But I'd love to your point, like if it's a goal, like what, so what you're describing, right. Which is like, okay, I have something like as a North star, right. Or there's something that I'm kind of following to give me a sense of like direction and purpose and clarity about what's important to me. And I'm going to move in the direction of that. And then if there's a point in that journey where actually I realize, like, Oh, actually I don't need that anymore. Or that thing that I thought I wanted actually isn't super important to me. Then that's beautiful. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it's like, we're staying attuned to the information and what we're receiving in the present moment about like what feels good or what's aligned. And that is more of, you know, what I teach and talk about when we're in the realm of desire, like moving in the direction of your desire, which is really like, what is my sense of what wants to happen next? Even if, even if my ego doesn't like it, even if Mm -hmm. (laughs) it feels scary to me even if it feels too big even if it feels like oh but should I want that or am I deserving of that if there's an internal sense of like I want to move in that direction whatever it might be then yeah that's I mean to me that's like when life starts to feel like a really exciting scavenger hunt because we're just like following these like this like little sparkly breadcrumb trail you know of like oh yeah move towards this and then like oh there's something else so and it's not about trying to secure a sense of 
again, like safety or validation or status or some way to escape our current reality, it's being informed by our current reality and our connection to what inner guidance or soul intelligence is speaking to us. Okay, well, that's a perfect segue into oh, like, I am, I love, okay. So last spring, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you started, to, maybe it was like in the winter, I don't know. You started to talk a little bit about your like love hate relationship with social media. And it's funny because like I work in social media. So I actually have a social media company outside of my coaching business. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So I work with small businesses specifically. It got put on pause. I basically, it got destroyed with the pandemic and small businesses wow. being affected so much. However, that being said, I like, I loved your messaging. Cause I was like, I'm so with you. I need some serious boundaries when it comes to social media, what I'm what media, just like TV in general. Like, so I started to like put some, some things out into the world and yada, yada, yada. I, I took a few big long breaks. I mean, However, then in the spring, Amy Young announces I am taking three months off of social media. And I was like, oh, I, there was like a part of me that was like so like, I don't know what jealous is word, envious. I was just like, oh, she is there. Like, yeah. I like this is such a powerful decision and such a yeah. huge thing. So I want to I really need to pick your brain about that. How did it go? Tell me everything from day one. I go- um, <laughs> it was really liberating. Mm-hmm. That's like the main thing. And also just to like out myself, I dipped in, you know what I mean? Sure. Like I would download Instagram or whatever. I'd like hop into Facebook here and there to like look up something. And yeah. Um, but it was, <laughs> I mean, it definitely was a very different relationship than being someone who shows up on Instagram every single day, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Is like glued to Facebook morning, noon, and night. So it was like a big departure for me from like my old relationship. I think the thing about it that that surprised me most, and this is what I tend to hear from people who take breaks, was like how much I didn't miss it. Like mm-hmm. how much I was like, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like, oh, wow, what's happening on Instagram today? Like there was no part of me that was like, there was no FOMO. There was no like, uh-oh, what if, what if something really cool is happening or what? And I even, I spoke to a couple friends and I kind of joked, like, I was like, oh, is anything happening? And they were like, no, it's like just as terrible and annoying. Is that <laughs> it's the same, same, really same, same, same. <laughs> And this is the thing that really like saddens me, but doesn't surprise me necessarily is like, I can't tell you the number of people who said things to me like, oh, I want to do that, or I wish I could do that, or I've yes. been having an instinct that I should do that too, or, you know, I'm going to give myself a two-week pause or whatever it might be. Like, there's something big in the collective right now that is just, like, questioning our attachments to mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. and, and really looking at, like, how good is this for me, actually, or for any of us? Um because I don't want to present it like social media is terrible mm-hmm. or it doesn't serve beneficial purposes because it totally does. But I think it's one of those things where it's like, again, going back to like being honest with ourselves, like, okay, there might be a lot of good. There's probably just as much bad. Like, you know, for everything that I love about this, 
there's also like, you know, four or five things that are really like, don't, don't serve me or aren't working or like, are creating problems. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like a, it's a dicey thing because I was really shocked to then find when I would log back in or like I was going to come back in September. And I also, for anyone listening who doesn't follow me, I did three months off. I did a total sabbatical. So like I just stepped away from my business for 90 days and was like, I'm not working. I'm not coaching. I'm not teaching. I'm not doing anything. And social media was a part of that content creation was like, I just took a break. But when I came back in September and I logged into Instagram and was like, oh, hey, I'm back. I was shocked by how much I was like, this feels really weird. Like it feels really weird to... I don't know, like be watching people's lives in this way that I wasn't really connected to. It yeah. feels weird. Like the volume of ads or the volume of, yeah, you start to see it. That we're just, yeah. yeah. Like that's exactly what it was. Like, it was like, I'd taken a break and then like I popped back into the bubble and I was like, what? Like, this is so strange. Like mm-hmm. this feels, and it really felt like everyone was kind of like performing or putting on like a certain act or attitude or trying to, you know, and I just, so like, I went through a whole month of being like, maybe I don't want to be back at all. Like maybe, <laughs> like maybe I don't, or, or two months even like, I was like, this just doesn't feel right. And then at some point, I don't know when I started kind of showing up again, maybe it was like mid early November. It's like, I've been back on for like a month and I'm like, it's, it's, I'm sort of disturbed by how much it's like, I never left. Do you know what I mean? Like now I'm just like, I'm, Oh, I'm back on the sauce like I'm just like <laughs> back in it and it doesn't feel weird anymore and it doesn't and it's just automatic and I'm not thinking I mean I'm always kind of thinking and questioning of it a little bit but um did you did you put did you put some sort of like did you put some new boundaries on your social media like did you learn from the three months off to a way that now you yeah you're back on the sauce but maybe so, things are different in some ways I would say yes in the beginning Okay. And now most of it's gone out the window, okay. which like, I don't love, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I, no, I, hear you. I had really done a good job and it's something I've been practicing before where I would like have Instagram hours. So I would delete it off my phone at a certain time or I wouldn't show up until noon. Like I put gotcha. boundaries around when I would use it and I'm not doing that right now. And I feel, I do feel the difference. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a really, it's so addictive. Like that's the main thing that I notice with myself so is addictive. it's like, it's the ultimate distraction machine. It's like the ultimate, it's like such like a powerful numbing agent. And it's also like just a little dopamine ride, you know? So everything that social media was designed to do to keep us on the apps and keep us scrolling like it's very effective it's like extremely (laughs) effective so I'm still like just today I was thinking about like I know people like you're saying when I announced it you're kind of like oh I'm sort of like jealous or I kind of want that like I know people who've completely taken their businesses or their their um communities off social media entirely and like Mm -hmm. I look at those people and I'm like I'm kind of jealous of that like yeah but it's something I'm figuring out right now because I don't I don't know like because again there's like there's things that I do like Mm -hmm. one of the things actually that I I had friends um kind of echo this back to me over the summer was like there were so many people who I had like long distance friendships with or people I was just internet friends with yep that I realized 
I would use social media to kind of quote unquote, like keep up with them, but we wouldn't actually be connecting versus when I was on my break, there were people that I was like, Oh, I wonder what's going on with them. And we would actually make the effort to like get on the phone or FaceTime and like really catch up with each other. And I would realize like, Oh my God, I wouldn't know any of the stuff that you're telling with me if I was just watching your Instagram stories every day. You know what I mean? Yes. That is a huge thing. That is a huge thing. One of the things I really I'm not crazy about is like it gives us this sense for me like you know watching my friends on social media or keeping up with people on Facebook it gives me this sense of like false connection it gives me a sense of like it's like sort of like the like synthetic version of like what I really want like I'm like oh I feel kind of connected to you but I don't actually really know what's going on in your inner world or what's you know, happening behind the scenes because nobody shares everything, which is appropriate and correct. But, um, but yeah, like that was really something I noticed was like the efforts that I wanted to make to stay connected to people. All of it just felt a lot richer um, Mm. because we were really connecting one-on-one or having like focused time together versus just being like, oh, I'll, you know, throw a laugh emoji on your story. And then that'll be our little connection point for the day. Oh, and what a time for personal connection. What a time to like actually like, oh my gosh, it's like a calling. This is like the timing. Everything happens for a reason. I hate that. I hate that line, but like, I totally believe that line. <laughs> like, Me too. Yeah. it's so interesting. Okay. I have one yeah. final question for you. And this, Ooh. I want you to take this wherever you need <laughs> to go because as a, as a, okay, I'm going to get spiritual here as a beaming light myself, looking at another beaming light being, um, I, I've heard you say, uh, by the way, I love your email list. So anyone that's not listening, get on Amy's emails. They're great. I love them. Thank you. Um, One of the things that you said, or I don't know if it was in your email, somewhere along the lines was coming to, we didn't like, we, not all of us have come to this planet for expansion. Mm -hmm. And that hit in a really great spot for me in the sense where I was like, I didn't know what the fuck I came to this planet for, for so many years of my life. And now that I'm expanding in such a loving, compassionate way and starting to pay attention to my life and pulling in all of these amazing people in my life who are also expanding, which is like Mm -hmm. such a interesting word to interpret. I want you to sort of just hold some space or like talk to um, what it means to expand why, why you think some people expand, like what, what does it mean to come to the world and expand? Yeah. So I, um, I'm coming to terms with the fact that I'm, I'm very much like a spiritual extremist (laughs) in the (laughs) sense that like, I really believe that souls choose to come here. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that we choose like 
and people automatically can have a strong reaction to that, right? Because uh-huh. like, why would someone come here and have like a lot of fucked up shit happen to them? And I'm mm-hmm. like, souls are weird like that. You know what I mean? Like souls yep. are super freaky deaky. Uh-huh. Um, and like want to have all kinds of different experiences. And that is not to say that I think we choose everything that happens to us or it's like a path that's laid out that like avatar you is walking and you don't have a say in things. Again, I like, I believe we're co-creating all the time. Yes. But um. I really, that, that idea that like, you know, some souls come to this planet for expansion and maybe some just come for like a good time or Mm -hmm. some just come to like, I don't know, like be a totally quote unquote unconscious human who's just going through the motions of everyday life. And that's, and that's what works like for that lifetime. You Mm -hmm. know, I get really up in arms about the level of like spiritual snobbery that a lot of people possess where it's like that person is so like unconscious and unaware and like that's so bad and I'm like there's days where I'm like could I be a little less aware could I could I be a little bit less like could I just be like on a happy fun feel good ride does it have to be really like deep and winding and weird all the time I digress but um expansion to me is really about like understanding that there is a particular soul journey that some part of me signed up for and there's no promises about that being pleasant or about it being feel good and fun all the time or that it's going to land me in the penthouse or that I'm going to be able to like manifest everything that would make me you know, like human me feel satisfied and impressive and excited about her life. But it's like, there's lessons that I came here to learn. Mm -hmm. There's patterns that I came here to unravel. There's things that I came here to gain a sense of mastery over. Mm -hmm. And if that's true, then I'm going to have to expand into new versions of me all the time. Mm -hmm. And I can't be too attached to or fixated on who I think that I am or the path that I think I should be walking. Like, I really look at it like, you know, I came here to ride the ride of being me in this lifetime. And that's going to include like pockets and seasons of total unawareness and times where I really feel at odds with life and I feel disconnected from myself and I feel like things don't make sense. And then there will be times where everything feels magical and aligned and blissful and beautiful. And like, oh my gosh, how like blessed and lucky am I? And like, that's the ride that I signed up for. Even if like Mm. human me doesn't agree with that. Like I truly believe some part of me said yes to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you. You know, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> so like, you know, so expansion is like, how much am I willing to, I really appreciate you asking me this because I don't think I've like thought about it mm-hmm. in necessarily like a tangible enough way, but expansion for me is really like, am I willing to explore versions of myself and, and versions of this reality beyond the limits of maybe what I've lived before known before what I believe to be possible for me Mm -hmm. like am I willing to go beyond whatever limitations confines like preferences things that I might have an attachment to that actually don't serve me any longer um because we all know what expansion feels like right like you can 
feel it in yourself when something calls to you or something feels exciting to you in a way where it's like, whoa, like, God, that feels like big or it feels thrilling or it's like, oh, there's like delicious inhale happens, you know? And to me, that's always an indicator of like, oh, there's something there for me. Um, versus, you know, when we are stuck in patterns of contraction and shrinking and making ourselves small and yeah, going inward, which like there's totally plenty of space for, you know, like we need both. Like the birthing process is expansion and contraction. Like you bring something into this world, there's going to be expansion and contraction. But my whole thing is like, you know, we want to be moving towards the most evolved version of who we are. And that, again, it might look really different than like who we think we should be um, or the path that we think that we should be on. Like I've had, I feel like I'm 34 and I feel like I've had like five different lifetimes. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, what the hell? Like if I get 34 more years, you know, or I'm like, knock on wood, that would be cool or not if I'm not supposed to, but like, I'm like, what is the rest of this ride going to entail? Because I just feel like I've been on a roller coaster already um, in beautiful and challenging ways. So yeah, I don't know if that answers. It totally does. And you can, yeah, you can see it in your work and you can see it in how you even speak in the language that you choose to use because words really, really matter. And how you explain everything is like, you are like, you are, sort of a human form of this expanded soul speaking this language that some people like Michael way over lots of people's heads. But I know that the listeners right now are picking up what you're putting down because that's why they come to the show. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) that's why they listen. (laughs) So um, now I know this episode is coming out super close to your boundaries workshop. So talk about that yeah. a little bit because that's one way to expand really to, to learn. Oh. Yeah. So let's talk it's about like that for a sec. Yeah. Like a whole, yeah. yeah. Well, cause setting, setting boundaries is an act of reclamation, right? It's mm-hmm. like being in relationships, your energy where you're actually respecting your life force versus being mm. like, I just exist for everybody else. And it's okay. You can just walk all over me and I'm just here to make you happy and make you comfortable. It's like, yeah. it's, it's like, I look at our, like bound, the boundaries that we know we need to set. They're like divine assignments of like, Hey, reclaim yourself. Hey, remember who you are. Hey, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you get to be a choice and you get to be a yes or a no for what's okay. Not okay for you. Um, yeah, I get so fired up (laughs) because like boundaries have been such a huge learning curve for me. Like I've gone through every, every version of like boundarylessness and then trying to have boundaries and then being like a boundaries bitch and like being so rigid and cutting people out and cutting, like, I've just, run the gamut. So I'm really excited (laughs) to teach this um, next Saturday. Yeah. Okay. It's next Saturday. I'm actually, I'm going to sign up for your boundaries workshop. I'm doing it. Do it. I'm going to do it. And you know what, if anyone listening wants to do it too, I'm going to have the link in the show notes because like, oh, you're the best. this is going to be a really fun time. 
Fun time. I love all your boundaries rants. I mean, in the previous show that if anyone wants to go back and find it, you talk a lot about boundaries too. And I just love oh, it. Oh, I should go back and listen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to know what I said. I think, that the, I think that like we just talked about red flags and boundaries like the entire time. Yeah. And it was awesome yeah, yeah. because it's true. Like boundaries are a really weird thing because sometimes we think we have them and other times we don't. And we break our own boundaries so often. It goes back to that self-betrayal, self-abandonment. That's just it part does. of our automation that just happens so uh yeah anyone looking to expand let's do this I'll be there let's do it yeah so it's Saturday the 11th um the workshop is called living breathing boundaries we'll be doing some embodiment work um it's also very I was just saying this to a client this morning it's so rare I do anything that's like new year's focused where I'm like yeah it's a new year but it's actually it's really well timed because it's a great we're going to be doing some exploration and kind of revision around like what do you want your boundaries to look like moving into the new year and like what you know old boundaries yeah need to be like revised or what's expired or what's not working anymore so Mm -hmm. it's going to be a real combination of things and I'm going to try to pack it into three hours we'll see how it goes but um (laughs) because there's a lot there but yeah if anyone wants to join I would absolutely love to have you there so thanks for fab. asking about it fab 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 okay Amy thank you so that like that hour just like flew right by I just so looked at fast. the time and I was like oh my god <laughs> like so I need fast. to respect the boundaries of our time agreement <laughs> so yeah, I'm like yeah. shit uh yeah. but thank you so much for sharing your light with us today thank you for having me this is so fun <laughs> and I hope to have you back on the show in the future at some point let's oh anytime we'll keep anytime we'll keep the dream alive here <laughs> perfect okay I'm over here giving you a big virtual hug because guess what you just finished another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered podcast if you haven't done so yet I'd love for you to share the love and head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play or Spotify and give this show a five-star rating if you're looking for more head over to elisaunfiltered.com for show notes and all the links to all the things Elisa Unfiltered have the best day everyone until next time